Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome once again to this, the only podcast that is guaranteed to make you even more attractive to everyone and will prevent most cavities to boot. If not, you'll get your money back. And once again, I find I need to use another episode to discuss this uh, rise of fascism in our great country. As I'm sure you are all well aware, since most most of you are obviously highly intelligent and worldly, or you wouldn't even be here, this most recent increase in fascist thought and action is just the tip of a long and shameful history of such things here in America. Last week, we went over some uh, direct quotes from Dirty Donnie's little girlfriends, uh, Hitler and Mussolini, that he is proudly using today in his disgusting rants against America. So once again, folks, grab a seat and buckle in good and tight because uh, it's going to get bumpy here real quick. Okay, uh, everybody, we're back now, um, and I have a uh, heartwarming tale from our past for all you kids out there, and we don't even have to go that far back, really, uh, you know, late 30s, 1930s, I should say. Uh, there was a gentleman by the name of uh, George Sylvester Virchek. He was a German-born American, and between 1937 and 1941, he did much to influence or to seek to influence U.S. sentiment against uh, intervention in Europe. Just because uh, we didn't get in until the end of 41, beginning of 42, doesn't mean that that war hadn't been going on for a long time. Anyway, those who heeded him in this country included prominent members of Congress, such as one Burton Wheeler of Montana, and a man uh, named Rush Holt Sr. of West Virginia, both anti-interventionist senators whose speeches regularly prompted uh, accusations of anti-Semitism. These contact, contacts, I should say, of Virchek's on Capitol Hill allowed him to place anti-interventionist speeches in the appendix to the congressional record. Now, this is a private citizen, remember. Anyway, got these speeches uh, to be added into the appendix of the congressional record to be read into the permanent record of our government to live in there forever. Thanks to uh, some friends in high places, he could then order, you know, thousands and thousands of inexpensive repents and uh, have German-American groups, the many boons that were in existence back then, mail them out free of charge on government postage. And, uh, of course, he was far from alone in these efforts. I mean, I just picked this one, uh, one example to sort of set the frame here. Now, we can talk about Charles Lindbergh and his America First crap, uh, which still pains me to this day as he was a childhood hero of mine, and one of the reasons I grew up to be a pilot for 30 years. 
So this is just one example, one among many, of the penchant that some in this country have for the autocrat, the strongman, the bully, who would chase away people they held in disdain, like non-whites, for instance, Jews, immigrants, academics, and yes, even Catholics. Remember old Dirty Donnie said, I am your retribution. I bet he had to look that word up too. So anyway, so here we are in 2023 now. We're Come on, folks, we're well into the 21st century. And this rabidly un-American view of society is on the rise again and in a big way. And now we have the Republican Party in name only, attempting to treat uh, Dirty Donnie as a normal political candidate. I mean, that would be laughable, laughable, were it not so perilous to the Republic. If only he would mouth the party's conservative principles, some say all would be better. Well, all would not necessarily be just hunky-dory, but we would absolutely be in a much better place where we could at least talk to each other. But remember, folks, fascism is not about ideologies or plans for the future of our country. It is about allowing an uneducated and mentally unstable person to reach a position of power where all decisions go through him. And uh, I hasten to say uh, that I'm using that pronoun him because mm, no female dictators really jump to mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wish the world the world was ruled by women, too. It would be a nicer place. Anyway, the object of fascism is solely, at least in the case of the rise of fascism here, is simply revenge. I am your retribution. Revenge against the people who write books, the people who make movies or TV shows, the people who teach facts and science or civics or are perceived to look down on them at all. The people who back fascists are always the same two types of people, in my humble opinion. First and more dangerous are the very wealthy, who think that they alone can make a deal with the devil and come out uh, not only unscathed, but even richer. Uh, I have news for the, uh, for the rich folks here that contribute checks to uh, the Nazis. That rarely actually happens. The dictator will eventually grow suspicious of them and their wealth or jealous. Just take a look at Dirty Donnie's girlfriend in Russia, Putin, and his relationship to a lot of the oligarchs. A lot of them have been falling out of windows at such a rate that Muscovites need steel umbrellas just to feel safe walking the streets. The second group are the disaffected, the uneducated, the overly devout, who feels that society is mocking them all day, every day, like that's all the rest of us do is get up every day to make fun of them. Together, these two disparate groups have the power to force minority rule and philosophy, if such a word can be used to describe two-dimensional thinking, to force that minority rule on the majority before they, or we in this case, can uh, act to stop them. And folks, that is exactly 
what is happening in America today. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, let me just give you a quick example because uh, I try to keep these things short and tight. Here's an example. Look at the polling about real, honest-to-God issues that matter most to Americans, like gun control and access to women's health care. All polls, all of them, clearly show that the MAGA Nazis among us are way out of step with America and with Americans. When 90%, 90% of us want and demand something as simple as background checks, and it never even gets to be discussed in Congress. Then you have 10% in the driver's seat telling the rest of us to sit down and shut up or else. Remember, folks, they want to build camps. They talk about it. They boast about it. They're going to build them. And uh, I'm going to be in them. There are way too many examples of this kind of minority bullshit to go into on this podcast, as I said, short type. But just ask yourself this one question, just this one, and be honest. Can a democracy, any democracy, survive under minority rule? Isn't the very fact of minority rule the very antithesis of democracy? that by its very definition is fascism. Uh, You know what? I'm thinking yes. Yes, it does. Okay, uh, once again, I am back. So uh, over this past uh, Thanksgiving Turkey Day holiday, I heard from some good friends and family about my use of the term MAGA Nazi in describing the people who are actively seeking to overthrow our government and therefore overthrow our country. I will admit to them giving me some pause to reconsider because I have a great deal of affection and respect for all these people including an older sibling and some very dear friends from the flying days. Flying friends are the best friends, by the way. And then I, uh, I go back, read the paper, I watch and listen to real news and uh, about the people and events of the, of the recent months. My conclusion, I concluded that I may indeed be unfair to those I label MAGA Nazis since the really, they really, really, truly deserve much, much worse. Words like traitors and insurrectionists spring to mind right away. I can think of at least two or three hundred more, but again, for the sake of space, I'll just leave it there. Just know that my contempt for these folks is bottomless. So, in the interest of strict fairness to both sides, I've put together a guide for you kids out there so you'll know for sure if your neighbor is a danger to our country. Ready? Here we go. Hitler was a Nazi. I think we can all agree on that point. 
I mean, come on. There's some, the sun's going to come up in the east and Hitler was a Nazi, okay? No argument. He, uh, he tried to overthrow the government in uh, the mid-20s, 1920s, but was treated with some leniency by the authorities and uh, let out of jail. And he returned to take all power in just a few years. Less than 10. He came to power with a mere 36% of the popular vote. I'll say that again, 36%. Don't forget that Dirty Donnie came to power with the minority of the popular vote as well. Hitler and the Nazis created a state, uh, quote, religion based on the worship of the dear leader. Here in America, MAGA-Nazis gleefully pridefully turn their backs on the teachings of their Lord Jesus. Gleefully, I say, as they worship the guy who was divorced three times, screws porn stars because no one else will have him, created scandal after scandal after scandal, and they worship him as the second coming. I mean, have you actually seen any of those trading card thingies they sell to the suckers? In a way, it's, it's actually pretty funny. I mean, it would be even hysterically funny if it wasn't so damn dangerous. Don't underestimate uh, what's happening here, folks. Hitler and the Nazis took over the public media in all formats and only allowed their messages of hatred and division to be aired. Mega Nazis have promised to do the very same thing if Dirty Donnie is elected or just takes the office away from the winner of the next election, as he tried to do before. He has said publicly, and many, many, many times, that he will imprison any number of reporters that he then goes on to name, and he's called for the execution of uh, an honorable man, General Milley, and other military leaders who defy him. Or maybe they just don't fall down on their knees and worship quite fast enough. Hitler and the Nazis banned and burned books they didn't like or even read. They destroyed what they referred to as, quote, degenerate art, as well as the artists who created those works. We now look back on most of those works as absolutely brilliant. Mega Nazis actually brag about banning and burning books, about diversity, science, math, inclusion, compassion. They get a big kick out of it. They love to rub uh, the libs. They love to rub the libs, nose, in the ashes. Any books, you know, could be about any American with an open mind. And you know it's happening, don't you? Come on. You know it's happening. Moms for Liberty? <laughs> yeah, Liberty. Hitler and the Nazis talked about the, pure, quote, purity of the blood of our nation, end quote. And Dirty Donnie used that very same expression in one of his hate-filled diatribes recently, very recently. Hitler and the Nazis fired or executed any military officers who were deemed to be insufficient, insufficiently loyal, just as good old Dirty Donnie is, is doing right now, today. Nazis installed sycophants and cowards 
in the civil service, just as Dirty Donnie already did. And they are still causing problems for Americans, these moles that he's put in. He put so many people in the White House, I mean, in the uh, Pentagon, excuse me, that uh, senior leaders became quite concerned that, uh, that when he called for the military to start shooting people in the street so he could keep uh, his office, uh, they, they started acting against that and put up public notices that the military was not going to respond, no matter how syncophants operate. And there are many, 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 many more parallels, of course. But again, space is a constraint. If you want to mention more, if you want to hear some more comparisons or have some of your own, just drop me a line. And together, we'll make that happen. I'll tell you how to do that in just a little while. The danger is real, people. I am not an alarmist nor are the others singing from the same songbook. And you know what? It will be too damn late to sound any alarm if we don't all act and now. When everyone is under it, what do we do? Stand up, fight back. When everyone is under it, what do we do? Stand up, fight back. When everyone is under it, what do we do? Stand up, fight back. Okay, everybody, it's that time again, boys and girls and everybody else. That time when traffic comes to a screeching halt and people tune in to listen to the truth being delivered from here, high atop whatever this hill is at the Gary Communications Empire. Actually, it's just my office, but okay. Uh, that's right, folks. It's time for the political rant. Okay, uh, folks, that's another county that was heard from there. And today, my esteemed listener, I'm going to continue, like I do all the time, to go after a, a proud group of MAGA Nazis. Boy, these guys are just so pure and white that are directly threatening our nation's children, in my humble opinion, legal disclaimer. But the very nature of an open-minded discussion and learning a group that calls itself a you, but only engages in manipulation and indoctrination. These people are weird. They proudly state in interviews that their aim is indoctrination of children. That's their word. It's not my word. Honest. I certainly do agree with them on that point. You can look up any of the interviews of Dennis Prager and how proud he is to be indoctrinating uh, your children. Mine are already grown up, thank God. So are my grandkids, so they're not going to be uh, threatened by any of this. But I love children. I love all children. And I hate to see this happening in our society. So I mentioned before uh, that I've had the unenviable task of uh, going through their vile emails and videos. I subscribe to them. 
I urge you to do it too, but not for long because it will make you crazy. I do that so I can write accurately, not secondhand or thirdhand. I can write accurately about the filth. They are working very hard to fill our children's heads, your children's heads, your neighbor's children's heads with. And they have not disappointed, sadly. If you will recall, they're the people who released uh, an educational video for elementary school students. Elementary students that proclaimed loudly that, quote, slavery wasn't all bad. That, quote, again, we didn't invent it. It's been around since time began. And besides, and here's my favorite quote, it was better than being dead. Well, that's a matter of some dispute I would be willing to wager serious money on. So anywho, their uh, latest little gem, or smelly turd, if you will, is a little butte called uh, Did Europe Destroy Native Culture? Hmm. Delivered by a, a professor, Jeff Lynn Paul, I'm sorry, Jeff Finn Paul, of Leiden University, a very well-known academic center in Holland that was originally uh, founded as a religious school. In this particular bucket of slimy shit, the good professor strings along a bunch of half-truths and outright lies offered as fact when they are more likely just his own prejudices and opinions. And let me say right here, I have no problem at all with people just expressing their opinions, even their prejudices sometimes. But I do have a huge problem with those who do so and state them as obvious facts. That makes sense. Which is exactly what happens in this fun-filled video meant for the youngest and the most vulnerable children, our elementary school-aged children. At the outset, he uses the, the uh, Eurocentric lie that the New World was discovered by Europeans. I guess he and the others uh, forgot that there were already several million folks uh, living here, living their lives their way. And then he goes on to say uh, silly things like, most early settlers did, quote, everything they could to avoid a confrontation with native populations. And that's just too stupid to respond to, actually. So I'll move on. Next, it's the old, uh, the spread of disease was not planned, which I admit I, I have to agree with. I don't think it was planned, at least not on the outset. The uh, jury's still out on whether it was used against the Cherokee on the Trail of Tears, but uh, which it almost certainly was. And he goes on to spout the idiotic, it couldn't have been prevented. Oh, really? He said the same thing about the movement westward from Europe. Quote, it was inevitable. Nothing could have stopped it. He does have a point, of course. That's what half-truths are. Human greed and racial hatred are and were very powerful forces then and now. I mean, there's no denying that. While it may not have been able to be stopped, it certainly did not have to suffocate those already here. Except, you know, they had, the folks that were already here, they had what the other more powerful folks wanted. 
So they had to go. On the subject of destroying native cultures, he eloquently goes off on more Euro bullshit. Quote, the problem with that narrative is this. Whenever a good idea comes along, one which clearly increases living standards, people tend to adopt it. Who defines an increase in living standards? It's one thing to adopt something. You know, if you see something's a good idea, yeah, okay, I'll do that. It is quite another to be run over and destroyed by that something. He then went on full MAGA Nazi, in my humble opinion, by then comparing uh, the willingness of Europeans to uh, adopt some of Chinese culture, more like things than culture, but things like uh, porcelain, pasta, gunpowder, and such. And he equates that with the annihilation of native cultures. He moronically asks, and I do mean moronically, this, this kind of, this is just too much, quote, should we accuse the Chinese of cultural imperialism because we ate pasta and like their art? You know, I, I have to assume that this man has some sort of advanced degree to be a professor. Uh, Leiden University is pretty respected, so I don't think they hired a high school dropout. But this very stupid, racist statement really does not makes sense, and it really does make one wonder if the good professor actually learned anything during his uh, time of being alive. He ends up with, uh, with more insults to Native peoples and their cultures. Quote, Native Americans were eager to adopt things and ways of the invaders. And they took on, quote, this is the best one, so many old world technology and customs that they just simply assimilated and disappeared. That, my friends, is just plain sick. Okay, my loyal listener out there, that's the podcast for today. And I really do want to thank you again for spending some of your very valuable time here with me. I had some of my time taken from me, and I know how valuable a commodity it is. I really do hope you'll reach out to me at the podcast at gvbrights.com and share your opinion or ask a question or uh, drop me a cool recipe. I respond to all emails and will send you a cool recipe if asked. And boy, I got some good ones. Knock your uh, socks off, so to speak. And uh, in the meantime, don't forget my historical fiction series, Journey, the Story of an American Family. Two volumes out now, working on the third. Be ready uh, the end of 2024. Makes a great Christmas gift for any young folks out there that you want to make sure they get a uh, balanced view of our shared history. It's a 
told from the point of view of a young black man, freeborn, who simply wants to raise a family and live at peace and dignity, and how circumstances conspire to keep that from happening. It's been very well received by the critics, and a lot of people are buying it. And there's a, a lot more on the on my website, uh, www.gvbrights.com. If you have a reader of any age or any taste on your list this year, and I hope you do, readers are good people. I read that somewhere. I guarantee you'll find a book there that will just fit. So if you're listening to this rant or end of rant on a podcast, you can also watch it on YouTube at Gary Talks Truth. Hope you'll stop by and take a look. Anyway, uh, thanks again, and I'll see you in another 10 days. So for now, it's simply adios, amigos.